Welcome to Conversations With. I am your host, Jamie. Thank you so much for listening today. Wherever you're listening, make sure to press that follow button so you never miss a future episode. We have a great show today, talking to comedian Matthew Davenport. He talks about his journey into comedy, his process of writing jokes, and his biggest comedy influences. We talk about his role in Small and Shouty Comedy Club. We talk about Dirty Blondes, the new bar in Blackpool. And of course, we talk about the NFL and the story of how he became an Oakland Raiders fan. And there's also a little bit of Disney thrown in there too. You can view the full conversation on YouTube. The link is in the description of this episode. Make sure to subscribe to watch all episodes of Conversations With. You can always follow the podcast on Instagram at conversationswith.jamie for updates, behind the scenes pictures and exclusive clips. Now here is my conversation with... Matthew Davenport. When you were doing the comedy and stuff, like what, like what was your initial thoughts with lockdown when it happened? Like how? Because well, I've, I've still been worked throughout, so I haven't stopped working. So yeah, well, we we just we've only been at Dirty Blondes with Small and Shouty for um, I think Feb was the first ones we did, uh, and we had we had a these slam nights. I think you came to that one, didn't you? Where we had a, a poet and a musician. Yeah, and that was really, really good. And then we had uh, the full stand-up night uh, a couple of weeks after that, and we, we basically sold out. And it was it was really really good. So we, we, both myself and Kieran we were buzzing with that. So we straight away booked one for the end of March. With um, we had a, a, again another mint lineup. We had um, Colin Manford, who's fantastic, to close the show, and that was due around. It was the last Wednesday in March, or something like the 20, 29th or something. I can't remember, but yeah. lockdown happened about the twenty third of March. So we're like, you're joking, we're a week away or whatever it was from, from running our next gig and we had to pull it. Um, so I've been chatting with Kieran and we're looking at potentially getting going fairly soon. I think Kieran's mentioned end of August, but I think it's still a bit too soon. Um, I want to see some other people do gigs first so we can see how they do it. I don't want to be the first to um, put a show on and make mistakes. Yeah. I'd rather let another company or another set of people run a gig and cock it up. And then yeah. learn from their mistakes. So potentially end of September, I think. Um, but I'm, I'm due to go into Dirty Blondes. So I'll chat with Kieran and the rest of the guys about that and how we go from there. But yeah, it was, it was good. We were both got it because Dirty Blondes, as you know, is a great venue. Uh, yes. Yeah. Super cool. It's dead indie. It's, it's, it doesn't really suit Blackpool in, in a way. Um, it, it's perhaps something you'd see more in something like Manchester, maybe. Yeah. Um, and because uh, we obviously we watch the Super Bowl there, didn't we? So, so I'm sure we'll come on to that uh, a bit later yeah. on. But um, uh, it, it's a really cool bar, and and it, to to get a following that we've had from the previous venues we had it at, uh, we had one in St Andrews and one in Poulton. To try and take that into the centre of Blackpool, we thought would be quite tricky. And it doesn't seem like we had the following come with us as such, but we had a new following of people who yeah. were just Dirty Blondes fans, really, of the bar, not of, of people. Um, but um, we, we sold out and it was better than we could have imagined and we were dead excited to think, oh, this is going to be our new home for, for the foreseeable. Uh, we've yeah. got a good good crowd. Even um, the headline actor, a guy called Big Lou, he commented during his set and said, I can't believe this is one of the best crowds I've played to on a Wednesday in February in Blackpool. So it's unbelievable how 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 many people have come out and how great the crowd were. And he, he's a massive experienced professional comedian who's been going for such a long time. So for him to say that, we thought, you know, we're doing something right now. Yeah. And then bleeding lock, lockdown happened and, and basically shat on us. Um, <laughs> from, uh, excuse the French. But uh, yeah, it just ruined what we had planned for the 
following months, but yeah, there's people in worse situations than us, so I can't really complain. It's like dirty blondes have become like so popular. Like I, I follow them on Instagram. They're always like, mm. "We're sold out, book tonight." Oh, yeah. sold out! And it's just because, yeah. like I said, they've got so much of a big following on there as well. Massive, yeah. I love, I love the way they don't care either. Um, they, they'll put posts on Facebook or Instagram or whatever, and they just like don't be a dick. And I just love yeah. that, that <laughs> attitude. It, it's a lot of people think you have to conform to being so PC or or, or customer services is top of the list or whatever but they're just just normal just don't be a dick or or whatever you know they they also take the piss out of kieran who works there who's the guy that i run small and shy with which everybody loves um taking the piss out of kieran Um, and i think to be honest i think kieran probably loves it to be honest um but uh yeah i do do love everything about dirty blondes the way they handle the business the way they they do things the way that their menu is is just it's not a standard menu of cocktails they just can't think of what the names are, but it's just funny. If you've not seen, if anyone's watching, you've not seen or looked at Dirty Blondes many, have a look because it's funny. It's funny in itself. Especially at the weekend, and like at the moment as well, throughout August, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you get like the 50% off and stuff, don't you? Yeah, yeah. From the food the for like food, the massive pizza. The food is mint. Uh, it is really good. The pizzas are, are really, really good. Um, <clears throat> what, did, what did we have on Super? We had, do you have chicken 50 wings? chicken wings. And, yeah. two, and like a massive 18-inch pizza as well. Yeah, it wasn't just between <laughs> you and I. There was other people. No. Yeah. <laughs> we probably ate um, most of it, but... I, I reckon so, because that, that's why I fell asleep uh, in... The day. <laughs> yeah. That's only because it's the Chiefs anyway. Nobody likes the Chiefs. Yeah, correct. And all <laughs> but um, so you said small and shouty. How did that start? Like, was it just something... <laughs> is that obviously you and Kieran created this, or...? Yeah, yeah, it was it was probably uh, about eighteen months ago. Uh, I've known Kieran for for years. Um, we we got yeah. together probably um, around two thousand and thirteen, something like that, and uh, we've been pretty friendly ever since, really. And um, he just he, he was working at um, Nuvo in Saint Anne's, um, where his, his fiance Molly was, and I think he was working at Jameson's in Poulton as bar manager there. So he, he gave me a shout and said, oh, well, look, we want to put a comedy night on it, potentially both of these um, uh, venues. Uh, what, do you, what do you reckon? So I went in for a chat with him. We just had a, a, a half an hour um, pint, basically, between us discussing what we wanted to do. And, and we just said, oh, we'll give it a go, see what happens. Um, yeah. We're not not entirely sure if St. Anne's or Poland perhaps has the um, audience for, for comedy, but we'll, we'll, we'll give it a go. We'll put one gig on in each. And... We did Jameson's in Poland, and we had about, I don't know if you ever went into Jameson's, it was quite a I'm small not, room. Not very we well had, known with Poland. It, so it's, it's probably, the room is probably half the size of, of Dirty Blondes, and we had about 70 people in there, and um, literally squeezed in. Yeah. Couldn't have been closer, definitely breaking all the health and safety rules yeah. that, that are about there. Uh, but it was a massive success. Um, and we took it to Nouveau and St. Anne's, uh, and put on a, a show there, and it wasn't as successful at first we, we only had maybe probably let just less than 20 maybe 18 19 people in and what happened over the months was nouveau steadily built up and up and up and we were getting to, to the 40s and 50 people at each regulars at each one and jameson's went down and down and down um where the last one we put a jameson's there was about 20 people in whereas nouveau when that came to an end we were getting 50 to 60 of mostly regulars and their friends so it's weird how one went from really really full to empty the other one went from empty to, to full um yeah we had the same principle for both venues used often very similar uh, or sometimes the same comedians for, for both venues 
um, on the basis that we had different audiences. So yeah, just the idea we Kieran put to me, and uh, we both ran with it, and it it worked. And then both venues shut, um, so we had a following, um, both on Facebook and in in real life. If that's yeah. word. <laughs> um, um, and we thought we can't really do nothing with what we've built up over the last six months. So um, both Kieran and his fiance Molly were going to work for Dirty Blondes and we, we just pitched the idea to, to Jake who's the gaffer there and he, he was like yeah let's give it a go um, and off the one well we did this fan night and the, the one comedy night it was pretty successful so it's an idea we had and we just ran with it and it's built up over the last well, before lockdown last sort of seven eight nine months something like that and it's something I think we'll, we'll keep going at and you know it's not it's not gonna it's not gonna buy us Ferraris and things but um it's something we both love doing, so yeah. I don't see why we should really stop. If that makes sense. Well, especially, especially if it's not like costing you as much money or time or effort. You're doing something that you love and want when you want That's to it. do. So it, it. it should be worth doing it. I mean, say yeah. for this, like I'm never going to get paid for it unless I become really massive and start putting ads in my podcast. I hope never. I never have to put ads in my podcast, but you know. I mean, I'd, li- I'd like to think my millions of fans might watch this, and you know, um, <laughs> yeah, all, all, all three of them. Um, but uh, yeah, no, you've you've got to start somewhere, haven't you? With, with whatever you do, um, you know, you look at uh, Jason who you had on last time, who's started out doing his um, yeah, the Pokemon, uh, yeah. Pokemon cards. Which um, I don't think he's been doing it that long, but he's already got a few hundred followers on on um, so, sorry subscribers is the right word yeah. on um, on YouTube. So he's, he's got to start somewhere, uh, and that's why when you when you messaged me, I was like, yeah, I'm definitely up for having a having a little bash on this because. I'm so crap with technology and things like that. I'd love to be able to know what I was doing. Uh, even that's, just switching my laptop on is an issue sometimes. That's what I mean. Like I, I, I've wanted to do this for so long because I enjoy just talking to people anyway and learning about different people. I think I'm kind of boring in myself. I'm not. I don't really do a lot. Like I was married at seven. <laughs> I was married at eighteen. I've got a ten-year-old kid and I've been divorced. And so I'm like, I'm just quite boring in that sense. So I enjoy listening to other people like and their hobbies and their experiences because I, I like to think I'm kind of funny in a way, like a weird way, but quite you boring. Trying angle, you try to angle after a little gig there for a small yeah. show there? I would fail miserably. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, some of the people Kieran and I have worked with, uh, you, you'd be absolutely fine. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, have you ever had those nights where there's just been like no laughters whatsoever, and it's just like, yeah, why? Yeah. Any, <laughs> any comedian who says they've never bombed on stage is absolutely lying. Um, I've, I'm gonna sound like a bit of a bit of a knob now, but I've, I've, I, when I first started doing comedy, I was, I was really good at. I was perhaps not your, your usual self self deprecating comedian who just likes to say the piss out themselves. I write very short, punchy jokes um, yeah. based on real life. Uh, I have um, a setup that I got from, I say got from Lee Mack. I read, a, I read a, a, an interview thing where he tries to write a situation, writes a punchline, then a, a second punchline, and a third punchline. So it just keeps the laughs coming uh, yeah. as the jokes. So that's how I sort of try and write a joke where I'll have one punchline, and whilst people are still laughing, I'll hit them with a second one. Uh, and if I can, try and squeeze a third punchline out of the same gag. But... Um, when I first started doing it, I, I was winning competitions and things like that, and I, I became um, perhaps a little arrogant. Um, definitely became massively arrogant. Yeah. Um, um, I got a bit too too cocky within the first, I don't know, six to twelve months, and perhaps thought I was better than than I. Uh, I well, definitely thought I was better than I was. 
and then I, I end up getting I end up working for an agent um, my uh, ex who uh, wasn't ex at the time is is was a singer uh, she was in a, a girl girl band and um, she they were auditioning for a, a, an agent who impressed them who, who was looking to, to sign them or whatever and the manager got their manager got them this gig so I went down and just to watch really um, and I'd only been doing comedy for probably a year or so and um, that did at the time the, the band's manager uh, knew I was doing some stand-up and he said oh, I've been speaking to the agent they've got sort of 15-20 minutes to kill do you want to jump on and do a bit so I was like yeah all right so I just jumped on did about 15 minutes or so and sort of piss out the crowd a little bit there's a few people who were pretty drunk in there so it was pretty easy and uh, they came to me straight away and said look we'd, we'd love to work with you um, we don't have any comedians on our books but we'd love to get you some gigs and we've had people inquire about comedians not someone specializing but we'd love to to not sign you but we'd love to work with you so I ended up doing uh, some some very bizarre gigs for the this agent um and the one I'll, I'll talk to you about is the one where I wouldn't say I bombed as such but it was just difficult uh, it was at a beer festival in um, Great Harwood so for anyone who doesn't know where Great Harwood is you've got Burnley and Blackburn as the arse cheeks and Great Harwood's the arsehole in the middle <laughs> and then um, it is literally um, the middle of nowhere and this beer festival was going on they, they, they put the stage in front of the walkway from the, the bar to the beer tent so all I had was people just walking constantly past me while I was trying to do two 45 minute sets and there was just one group of six people sat watching the um, the, the show and it, it felt like it was almost a, a personal gig for these six people that was interrupted by 50, 60 people throughout the, the sets. Yeah. And it, it just became not enjoyable. Um, and I could tell by the way I was um, delivering jokes and things that I wasn't enjoying it. That was probably rubbing off on them and they probably weren't enjoying it. And uh, I mean, I, I still got paid. It was, it was all fine. And the people that I was doing the gig to, the, the five or six people that were there, loved it. And they were like, come and stay with us, come and have a drink and have a yeah. chat. To as well. I just wanted to get out of there because I just felt uncomfortable um, knowing that it, it's hard to try and make people laugh but when there's only five or six of them it's even harder because laughing's infectious as, as everybody knows so if there's more people it's a lot easier to get bigger laughs and especially one gig on that one it sticks with me forever yeah it's like I was saying with um when I obviously saw you in Dirty Bonds obviously you were mainly hosting but from yeah. what I gathered from yourself you feed off the audience and you take the piss out of the audience so you need the audience yeah. there to feed off their energy to obviously make it a better gig and yeah you need- absolutely it's just what I find easier to do um it, it's I mean I do have jokes material and, and I've got like a, a solid sort of 15 minutes 20 minutes set that I can pull out if I need to go and do a gig somewhere else but I prefer hosting because um, like you said, I, I, I bounce off people in the audience. It's, it's. I find it really easy to um, win a battle of minds if I've got a microphone and the other person hasn't. So there's a lot of very quick comebacks you can you can get at people with, and uh, a lot of um, put downs that I can throw out there that I'll use over and over again that so far haven't failed me. But I know a lot of comedians don't like to do uh, hosting because. You're on and off, you're on and off, you can't really get into a rhythm. Um, but I, I, I don't mind uh, jumping on and off and being there for the whole night. I, I'm a fan of comedy anyway, so 
whenever I've done a gig, even if I've been on first, I'll stay till the end if I, if I can and, and just watch watch the rest of the show because I, 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 love, I love performing arts, essentially. I love live music, I love everything. Um, but, um, yeah, it's just something I prefer to do. I find it, I guess I'm quite lucky that I find it quite easy to, to yeah. feed off the audience. Some people don't, some people can't do it, but uh, I'm lucky enough that so far uh, I've been able to. Yeah, so you talk about before with Lee Mack, was he your main influence? What was your influences getting into comedy? Yeah, so uh, you know, when I was re- really young, so when I was sort of mid-teens, Lee Evans was, was my, my favourite. Uh, yeah. Growing up in, in the sort of 90s when he was as big as, as he was. He's sweating um, as much he, as me now. So. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> hiding it well. Um, yeah, it's, Lee Evans was, was really the person who got me into enjoying watching somebody perform comedy um and yeah, he's live at Wembley from sometime in the 90s he's just iconic for for when he he burst onto the sort of mainstream um scene if you will and from from watching Lee Evans I, I got into all your your other comedians you like so Peter Kay um which um <laughs> a lot of people think I don't like Peter Kay and it's not that I don't like Peter Kay I love him I think he's an absolute genius yeah whatever he says is funny and that's not a skill you can learn um i mean there's i always say there's nothing funny about garlic bread but when peter k says garlic bread it's hilarious but there's still nothing funny about garlic bread so a lot of people think people think i don't like him in fact um actually i have his book here so if anyone <laughs> thinks i don't like him and um, that wasn't set up it's just uh, yeah. um if you really think i don't like i do like him it just annoys me that he, he can make anything funny that isn't funny and that's that's a talent, uh, like I said, it's not one you can learn. And as I've got to watch more comedians over the years, um, uh, Lee Mack has massively been my, my favourite. Um, he's, I mean, he's northern, he's, he's from Southport, so that, that helps. But a lot of comedians are northern anyway, aren't they? Um, I think we're just, we're just yeah. funnier up north. Um, we, just, we don't care, we just say whatever we want, don't we? Isn't that, that's it, we're, 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 we're friendly and we're happy, and I think that, that comes, off on there, comes off on stage. But yeah, Lee Mack, in terms of me getting into comedy, was was my biggest influence. Jimmy Carr, um, I'd put in, in the mix as well, um, because he writes a lot of short jokes, almost one-liners to an extent. Um, and yeah, yeah Lee, Lee Mack and Jimmy Carr were probably my two biggest influences to, to give it a go um, in terms of mainstream comics. And then the other, other people who influence me are friends and family, really. You often say, oh, yeah, you're quite funny. You ever thought of doing stand-up? And I think when people have said that to me, they've probably not thought I would go and do it. And um, I did have a go in 2012, probably um, October time, something like maybe November. Um, it was the Frog and Bucket, if, if you ever went in Preston, uh, but they, they used to have uh, an amateur night uh, on a Wednesday and it, it was called Beat the Frog. So you had to try and last five minutes before the audience effectively voted you off. Um, three audience members had a card and if you, you got, I think a minute or two minutes grace, and if you were if you were shit, they just put a card up. Yeah. Lots three cards went up. Uh, you got booted off, and I, I was lucky that uh, my first ever ever go. Uh, I didn't tell anyone I was going. I just thought I'd have a turn up, have a go. If I'm not very good, nobody ever has to know about it. If I am very good, uh, I'll have another go and perhaps tell people. And I came second um, on, on the whole night, and I remember chatting to a few of the people. I think there was maybe eight or nine other other comedians and. Some of them have been going for 10 years and, and I finished ahead of them. So I was like, okay, well, maybe there's something in it. Maybe there's a reason to carry on. And I think I did beat the frog. They have one in Manchester as well. I think I did beat the frog. 
probably 20 times and I, I never got voted off. Um, I won it seven, eight, maybe nine times. I won the, you know, the whole night. And it, it just sort of went from there. Really. I thought I should perhaps not take it seriously, but at least carry on with it after I gave it a go. Um, and it's just, that was, yeah, 2012, late 2012, November, November October, something like that. Um, yeah. And I'm still, still plodding on. I've heard of Beat the Fog, I said, my friend Niall, man, Niall's done it a few times in Manchester, yeah. I think, and um, like I, said, I didn't know what it was, but like you explained it, it's just basically, you go on, you've got to last five minutes, because he's like, I beat the frog, I'm like, I've no idea what you're talking about, okay, <laughs> good, yeah. good. if it's good, great. <laughs> just picture him twatting a frog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought, it's a bit, comedy's gone a bit strange since I've last gone to it. <laughs> yeah, um, there's a lot of, they call them gong shows, a lot of gong yeah. shows, um, you can do about um, the comedy store has beat the gong which is essentially the same thing um but yeah i do i think uh, i think we had nile at the slam night didn't we um yes that's the first time i've actually seen him live uh, i've known him for about four or five years and he was like i'm just we we recently graduated university and he was just like just randomly started going to these comedy nights and it's just like what it's like just completely out of nowhere just started doing it and he was like yeah i'm doing this in manchester and i was like oh that's awesome and then he said talking about beating frogs and I was like okay are you, st- are you still doing comedy <laughs> he's like yeah I am and then, <laughs> and then obviously he did your show which is the first time I saw him um, yeah obviously yeah he did uh, he did quite well to be fair he did quite well um, it was yeah. an interesting audience that night at uh, Dirty Blondes because it because it was a slam night and it wasn't uh, it was just a free entry so anyone could come there was a lot of groups that came and weren't really interested in the singers the comedians or the, the poet as it was quite tough for um some acts who perhaps haven't been going i think you know niall's fairly new he won't mind me saying that and it can be quite difficult and perhaps a little bit intimidating if people aren't listening um but um i'd like to think um <laughs> i've got enough experience to deal with a difficult audience like that um and, and it was pretty successful in the end um, um i felt a bit sorry for the the young lad who, who played the guitar and sang because literally nobody was listening um, yeah i think they treated it as him as background music, which was a bit unfair. And he was really good as well. Um, but it, it was overall it was successful. Night now was now was really good that night. Um, yeah. And we also had a guy um, named Andy, who was it was his first ever gig, I think, uh, on that night. Uh, not an older, not older, oh, older yeah, it was the the older guy yeah. who was in the group of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was his first ever gig, and he was really good as well. Um, so it was it, it's it's always good to see people having a go and, and succeeding. Uh, it's a little bit more awkward when somebody has a go and they're not very good yeah. um, but you still support them either way uh, even if they down their arse you still you know put, put a, an arm around them and say listen don't give up um, try again try again and eventually you'll, you'll figure out what works for you if, as a comedian and what, what doesn't so that's all, so it's all about keep going and keep going obviously some people I've seen and I probably wouldn't encourage them to carry on um, but uh, the majority of people it, it just don't give up. That, that's what I would say. Just carry on, and eventually you'll find what works for you. Yeah, with that night as well, I know because obviously um, the poet you had as well. We've mentioned a few times. I actually went to primary school with Ant, and I grew up yeah. across the road from him. So it's nice to see him going out and doing that as well. And you yeah. don't expect a poet to be like as funny as that. Like I bet you're like a poet, and you're like, okay, it's oh. open mic night. Why not? <laughs> yeah, I remember when I think uh, he messaged the the page on Facebook, and uh, Kieran and I discussed it. And it was. It was like, do you know what? Yeah, it's it's an anything goes night. So um, if a poet wants to have a go, let, let, let's run with it and see what happens. And he was really, really good uh, and, and really funny to the point where 
Kieran and I have discussed getting him to do a set on the comedy night um, yeah. because uh, he, he was he was funny in every single poem he did. He wasn't um, the poems he was he was doing weren't um, ones where you have to listen and pay attention to the words and mean this that other. They were just funny. Um, so uh, yeah, Kieran and I did speak about getting him back. Um, God, this is back in Feb or whenever it was, getting him back to do a do a set on a one of the comedy nights, and that is we definitely will because he was really really good, and it was it was different as well, which. I'm all for people being different and, and doing different things to the norm. Um, yeah, yeah he, he was great, really good, really good. Who would you say? Have you gone to see Lee Mack or Peter Kay live? Like, who's the best one you've ever seen live? You could, you... Uh, Lee Mack is the best I've ever seen live. I saw him in Blackpool probably ooh, 2015, something like that. Um, he, he was he was brilliant, um, as, as, as I'd expect to be honest. I think because I was fangirling a little bit. Um, I was always going to think he, he was he was unbelievable anyway. Um, trying to think who who I will have seen live, who people probably won't know. Um, Chris Washington, uh, he's somebody I, I absolutely recommend. He's just starting to do a bit of TV work. I think he's done Mock of the Week. Um, he's somebody who I'd certainly recommend people check out. Um, uh, a lot of a lot of the comedians we tend to work with aren't particularly known. Um, on, on TV as such, or to to your regular person, but the, the well known on the circuit. I mentioned Big Lou before. We, Keelan and I, always go to Big Lou when we need, a, a, you know, a big. You'll always see his face on like the posters around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, and we know he he delivers every single time. And um, so he, as soon as we we've got a, a gig that we've not a venue we've not been to before, we'll just go to him straight away. His, his agent, who's a, a guy named Adam Rushton, who's a former comedian, and he's been a massive help. Um, he runs a, a comedy agency called The Rush of Laughter, which is uh, 50% of our acts come through him. Um, so uh, yeah, we always go straight to Adam and say he's bigly available for this night. And we just know, you, you kind of know in terms of what audience Blackpool's going to get. Um, you know who's going to work and who isn't. So um, Bigler is, is perfect because he handles himself brilliantly. He can... He will rinse anybody in the crowd who tries to heckle him yeah. um, without without a care in the world. And it's just, it's perfect for what Kieran and I try and do, really. So uh, I can't think of who else have I seen live um, that people will know. Um, Jimmy Carr. Jimmy Carr's excellent. Um, he's constantly touring. Um, someone people probably won't know is a guy called Patrick Monaghan. Um, okay. He... Some people may know him, some people won't. He won a competition on TV a few years ago. and I've seen him live quite a few times and he's become a bit of a friend because we've meant to see him so many times. We got to know him. And whenever he's up this this way anyway, I'll always fire him a message and go and see him and we'll always go for a drink afterwards. And He's well worth checking out, Patrick Monaghan. He's excellent. He's very, very energetic. A lot like Lee Evans and stuff. So he's well worth well worth. I like animations like all about the energy yeah which again is such a different style to somebody like um mickey flanagan for example who, who will just stand and tell stories which again is great he's funny um but you get the likes of patrick on Hanley evans who are all over the stage um peter k to an extent he's quite energetic um whereas lee, lee mack not so much it's, it's whatever works. As I said before, it's whatever works for, for, for that person. No, because uh, one of my favorite comedians, don't know if you ever heard of him, Anthony Jeselnik, he's a Canadian comedian. Just dry, dark humour, just talking about, like, punching babies and that kind of thing. <laughs> and it's just <laughs> literally just him on a stage talking like this, going, I don't know. 
probably. Just like that, that's all it is, and I love it. Like he's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And it's, I saw him at Fringe. Yeah. Ricky Gervais is is, is excellent uh, in that sort of style. Perhaps not as dark as that, but he's yeah. certain. His show on Netflix is uh, is pretty dark at times. Oh, Afterlife. I still yeah. haven't watched that yet. I've watched Extras in the it's, Office, but I haven't watched. It's, it's phenomenal, yet. Afterlife. Uh, it's 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 really good. It, it's a show that can have you sad and upset, and then thirty seconds later, you're pissing yourself. Um, it's it's re- yeah. I definitely recommend. I've, I've recommended it to my my parents to watch. Um, but yeah. it's it's really good, but it is quite dark at times. I, I've I've seen the clip of obviously when he's walking past the school and he's all like, "Get away from me, Pete!" I was like, "Nobody wants to fuck you, Ginger Man." But whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. It's 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 close to the bone, but yeah. it's excellent. Really, really good. So what would be your advice to anybody getting into comedy? Like, so, cause you just got told, like, you're quite funny, you try it out. What if anybody yeah. wants to go out and do it? Do you just go to open mic nights? Like, what, what I, would you I, make? Yeah, I, I would a hundred percent say get yourself to an open mic night. There's loads or before lockdown, there was loads in, in all the big cities, Manchester, Liverpool, uh, Birmingham, Leeds, that they've all got stuff going on. Uh, and I, I would probably suggest going to watch a couple before, actually having a go um i i, I didn't i just had a go and I, I was lucky but i would certainly advise going to watch and, and see what that night entails really because if it is a gong show and it is your first go and you do get gonged off it's massively soul destroying um or can be i, I say that like I, I, it can I, be <laughs> never had it before but you know yeah, I, no, I, I, I assume it is <laughs> um, but uh, I've, I've seen it, it crush other people um to the point where they've they've not even said bye and just left the venue um so i, I would certainly say go and watch it and if, if you don't want the pressure of, of being gonged off uh, in front of a hundred people or however many people are there then i would try and find a, a different venue that is still open mic but it's more relaxed you still get your You'll get your five minutes. You won't get booted off. Um, and yeah, yeah, just find find a find a night. Go and watch it. And if it, if it's okay for you, get in touch with the guy who runs it or speak to the guy hosting it at the end of the night. Um, at, at Dirty Ones, we, we'll do more slam nights, which are basically open mic, not just for comedy for anything. Um, but if somebody wants to come down to Dirty Ones and watch and want to have a go, just grab me or Kieran at the end, uh, and we'll. We'll get you booked in for another one, or or even if you feel up to it on the night at Dirty Blondes, just come and grab me during an interval. And if you want to go there and then, I'll probably encourage you to go and have a go. Uh, so if you've got, I was like, you were trying to get me up to sing, weren't you? I was like, that yeah, that's it. That's <laughs> just give it a go. I know you're you're confident enough to do that, but you didn't want it at the time. But mm. I, I would just encourage you to have a go. Just do it now. There's no time. Have a beer if you need to first, or, or a vodka or whatever um, calms the nerves. But uh, another bit of advice I give: Don't do a gig pissed. Um, <laughs> I, I I tend not to drink now when I gig um, until late on in the gig, so I'm not I'm not drunk. Um, a story um, from a fair few years ago: uh, Went out to a birthday meal before I was I was closing a show uh, in Blackpool. I thought I won't be on till half nine. I've got plenty of time. Had a few beers with a meal, had a few more beers afterwards, and turned up at the venue uh, pissed and. Um, I was just a dick um, and I never, I, I was that much of a dick. Some guy in the audience just told me to shut up and I was like, who are you? And he goes, I own this place. I was like, oh no, <laughs> um, <laughs> that, that, could, that couldn't have gone any worse. And I didn't get paid for that that night. And it, they still owe me uh, my fee, which it was, it was five, six years ago, whenever it was. So I don't think I'm going to get it. But uh, yeah, don't, don't get drunk. That's my advice. It, it's harder. 
So you've been doing it for a few years. I think when we spoke, I think we used to play football and I came back and you said that you, was it like you used to be a barista, not a barista, like a coffee one, a barrister. Like didn't you used to work in like that field? What was it that you used to do beforehand? Um, like, it's called, like the kind of don't pay, a, don't pay, take a, it away a, kind a of thing. A bailiff, yeah, that's yeah. the one, yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I worked in debt collection for um, five years um, and I was doing that when I first started. Um, so um, it, it was too massively different in yeah, exactly. uh, from pissing people off to making them laugh, um, almost finishing one job at five o'clock and going to do the next in, in Manchester or wherever, straight from work. Um, and because, because of that, I was interviewed on Far Coast Radio uh, from a, by a guy I used to know. Um, just wanted to talk about me doing comedy and debt collection and um, the owner of the radio station at the time was was listening and he he grabbed me and said would I fancy my own radio show um, so I did I did that for um, probably I don't know seven or eight months maybe uh, a few years ago I had my own Sunday 12 to 1 Falcon Coast Radio uh, just just an hour where he gave me free reign to talk about whatever I wanted uh, um, play whatever music I wanted uh, and I used to get quite a lot of listeners for, for somebody who'd never done radio before and um it's fun it's fun i only stopped because at the time i had a, a lot coming up yeah. in the next following few months where i couldn't do most of the sunday so i just i gave up temporarily but i never went back to it um, maybe something I'll, I'll pick up in the future but uh, i did love having a radio show and because i had my show on a sunday and it's nicely shoehorned us onto nfl i used to talk about nfl quite a lot yeah um, <laughs> well, um, i was advised not to talk about um stuff that was um i was always not to talk about sports and news uh, because if they ever needed to fill in an hour where somebody not turned up they'd just play one of my pre-recorded shows um but i couldn't help talk about nfl when my radio show was on a sunday and the games were sunday night um it, you just want to get back it, ready for red zone you're ready for <laughs> literally literally um so I, I regularly spoke about nfl on my radio shows um and yeah, I think it should be allowed because the NFL is only like four months of the year, like it's September yeah. to January. Like this, yeah. is, this is my time to talk about it. I don't care. Literally, rest of the year, it's fine. I think I started my radio show around about the September times when the season was just starting, and and I left about March. So we'd done the Super Bowl and everything. So I wasn't really talking about it at the end anyway. Um, but uh, I can't. How can I not talk about it when when it's it's takes over my life for, for four or five months? Um, I was gonna say yeah. with, with the NFL, um, what's your first memory of that getting into it? Like I know for me, I just I wasn't like a massive fan of it. I was just like I followed watch the Super Bowl like everybody does, everybody watches the Super Bowl and I randomly yeah. played a Madden game and then I played as the Buccaneers, <laughs> got drafted, and that's how I became a Buccaneers fan. And then I found out they wrote by Man United and I was like, Ugh. but you know, I've stuck to it now. <laughs> yeah. Um it's it's a story I love telling about how I got into NFL really. Uh, I mean, I, I got into it. I used to be a fan of, of basketball and baseball when uh, back in the 90s when uh, Channel 4 had basketball and Channel 5 had baseball. I used to record a tape them on, on OVHS and then watch them after school. And um, I was never really into NFL or American football. And I decided one day, I, I, I looks like a sport I'll probably enjoy. Um, so I'm, I'm going to try and get into it. And I think in the 90s, again, I think it was probably Channel 4 that had like a highlight show or something like that. I started watching it. I didn't, I didn't really get it um, at first. Um, as, as anybody who is used to watching our football or soccer, or apologies for that. Yeah, everyone's just like, oh, it's all stop, start, stop, yeah, start. How yeah. are you watching it? It's too many breaks or there's nothing going on. Yeah, how annoying is that when people say that? Like, just watch a game. <laughs> um, and um, 
I, I didn't really get into it how I wanted to get into it. So my sister got married. Um, God, I can't remember the, the date. Sorry, Gemma, but it was early 2000s. Um, she'll definitely correct me. Something like 2003, maybe um, something like that. And she was going on um, honeymoon to Florida. And she said, is there anything I want bringing back? And I said, you know what? Yeah, bring me back an, an American football shirt. She said, yeah, what team? And I said, well, not bothered. Whatever team you pick will be the team that I support. I don't have any allegiances to to any any city in America. Um, I'm a Houston Rockets fan in terms of basketball. Didn't really care about following the Houston team in the NFL. Uh, a baseball team at the time was the New York Yankees. Again, wasn't particularly bothered about supporting one of the, the New York teams. So I said, there's only one New York team, there's only Giants, we don't care about the Jets. Well, well, yeah, <laughs> you share the stadium, and there's also Buffalo Bills who are uh, classed as New York, aren't they? Because they're in the yeah. state, but yeah, I wasn't particularly bothered about supporting a New York team, so I just said, Bring me back whatever jersey you, you bring back, and they'll be my team. And she brought me back a, a Raiders jersey, and it has literally taken over my uh, my life. Um, <laughs> since I'm actually, I'm going to stand up now, but I'm actually wearing uh. Raiders shorts, uh, NFL, yeah. This is this is what I wore to work today. It's the know, NFL colours as well. It's, it's Raiders colours. It's black and yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've obviously got my uh, pillow. I, I love that yeah. pillow though. Like I said, obviously we're talking about it before, but that just so everybody like what it is and how it was made, like where it was. Yeah. So this was uh, you can see the date there. I think the uh, NFL games in London. I went to. I went to one at Wembley, uh, not last year, the year before, which was the Raiders against the Seahawks, and the Seahawks won something like 27-3, and I was absolutely steaming um, to the point where the gentleman I went with, neither of us could remember the end of the game. Uh, We had a bit of an argument about whether we saw the Raiders field goal or not, um, because I remember seeing it, and he doesn't. So that that was a a head scratch in the morning, like, did, did we see that? We woke up and it was fried chicken all over the hotel floor. That's how pissed we were. And, uh, and that was great. Wembley was a, a fantastic experience. The, the um, fan zone they had outside was, was great. Uh, we, we just drank far too much. And I did have, uh, I owned my own Raiders flag, which was the American flag, but black and white with the Raiders badge in the corner. Mm-hmm. And that went missing. Um, pretty sure it was stolen, but I was drunk, so I may have misplaced it. Um, but it's one of the things that I've not got it anymore, but it's every um, game you get a flag for the home team at the, the London games, as, as you'll know. Yeah. And uh, I went to the uh, Raiders-Bears game at the Tottenham Stadium in October last year. And it, again, it was a Raiders home game. So they had all these flags, um, which has the Raider Nation there and the helmet and the, the date. And actually, not stole, but I acquired quite a few of them. Um, and... I had two. I've still got two or three more in the loft. But I had two that I gave to my sister and her her boyfriend's mum uh, made it into his pillow for me. So it's, uh, it's almost my oh, so I, th- I think I've got my flag here. I'll see if I can grab it quickly. Just so people can see, like, it's literally just a flag. Yeah. And that's it. I've got about seven of these yeah. somewhere around the house. I can probably get get them made into a flag for uh, for it to a cushion for you, mate, if you want. That's fine. I might just try see if I can get some more. If when they do them back in Wembley, just get about twenty and just try and make like a duvet as well. <laughs> well I went, when when I went to the um, the Wembley one the year before, there was a a, a guy who 
had had a jersey made out of all the flags he'd been to the games to of which it, it, it was it was meant to be fair yeah. we chatting to him he was quite a big dude so he would have had to have gone to quite a few games yeah. uh, but he had um, he did have a, a jersey made of all the different flags of all the games he'd been to he looked, he looked pretty cool to be fair I was, I was a little bit envious of that yeah, but yeah it's, it's fully fully my sister's fault that I support the Raiders um, and it, it they have taken over my life um, perhaps in the last sort of seven or eight years um, especially now the NFL is getting big over here uh, it's become massive like he said now Sky's yeah. just recently acquired yeah. A whole channel as well, which is about time considering. Yeah, they've always yeah. had like Sky Golf. I mean, look to me, I don't know. It is big to some people. I've <laughs> never really got into golf, um, but nope, it's got same. its own channel, and then and it's like Sky Football, Sky Premier League, Sky Scottish Premier League now. <laughs> yeah, I was reading yesterday that uh, it's the first time that an international broadcaster is going to be able to broadcast NFL games. So I, I didn't read too much into it, but I assume that means Sky will have their own cameras there um, rather than having to use um, CBS or Fox or ESPN, whoever, um, yeah. so which, which would be decent. Which uh, is good I'm, because I'm, when you always watch the games, it's always like CBS or Fox in the background and it, like, you know, yeah, the top yeah. and it's like, it's got all of that. So it'll be its own Sky. I assume they'll have their um, own logos. Yeah, I hope so. And it, it is. And as much as I like the fact that they cut back to the studio, they tend to cut back to the studio every 30 seconds because... Uh, obviously, American TV is governed by adverts, um, so it, it can be quite frustrating at times. But there's nothing we've been able to do about it, so you just get, you, you put up with it, don't you? But yeah. now, now Sky are potentially going to be broadcasting themselves from there. That, that's massive for us, massive. Well, especially like for somebody like ourselves as well, like a Bucks fan and a Raiders fan. We're not like, exactly massive in like playoff picture, so no. we don't really. We have one game <laughs> live on Sky, and it's like one thirty-five in the morning on a Sunday, yeah. and it's like. <laughs> I'll, so I have Game Pass and I watched all the games on there and it's just American advert, American advert. Is that okay? <laughs> yeah, there's, there's the same adverts as well that you see um, when you watch it on Game Pass. It just Love it State Farm. Yeah, don't, don't. Don't get Tom Higgins started on that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, like um, you said before as well that with NFL is quite big as well. You wanted to do your own podcast about it as well and just... Yeah, yeah. So... Um, Perhaps uh, selfish reasons of my own. I wanted to have a, have a little go on this with yourself, uh, is to sort of see what what you do in terms of film. I don't think we'll film one. We'll probably just do a, an audio one. It'll be just going to be Tom Higgins, who's a good friend of both of ours. Uh, and we also have a, we have a group chat who was to Tom and, and a few other people that we've all yeah. worked together. Emotions work together, um, and we, we we talk all year round. But certainly during the NFL season on a, on a Sunday evening, the, the group chat just goes off from. <laughs> from six o'clock until whoever's the latest one up really um, yeah. at times if you're the late if you feel the last one up you talk to yourself for about an hour in the group chat yeah oh my god did you see that oh my god <laughs> and then in the morning I'm just like what yeah and if, if you're not the last up you get up in the morning to like 180 messages and <laughs> i can't be arsed reading that i'll just check the scores yeah. um but yeah tom tom and i are, are hopefully potentially in the next few weeks going to set up some sort of NFL podcast and we'll discuss uh, the possibility of having, having special guests on. Uh, obviously, yourself will be one of them. Gaz will be one of them. Uh, we'll probably ask Josh, but you won't do it because you know what Josh is like. Um, but we're, 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 all the guys... He would say he'll do it, then it'll come to the day and it'll be like... Oh, <laughs> yeah. <sorry." laughs> I'm not so sure I want a Chiefs fan to, to uh, have a go anyway, to be honest, um, being that they're probably the best <laughs> team at the moment. And I can't stand them either. Um but uh, yeah, so it's something we're, we're, we've just spoke about. We, we have come up with a name, um, and it's based on obviously you know 
Tom and I, and it's going to be first and big, second and short. Um, okay. uh, not going to say who's big and who's short, um, but um, <laughs> that's uh, that's going to be. We think that's going to be the name, and we we do. If there's anybody watching who's really good at designing logos, we'd really like someone to to do us a little logo uh, that we use. But I'm so shit with stuff like that. I haven't got a clue where to start. So it could be funny to listen because that we, neither of us have got a clue what we're doing. So yeah. <laughs> that's fair like i've wanted to do it for ages and it's just you just gotta look into it i'll check to google it's like how do i do this and i still don't have i use audacity for like audio design like i can put in there and just crop it all down and then it was like well how am i going to record it especially with lockdown and social distancing you've got to find an online platform to do it so it's like well let's just try zoom see how it works i think (laughs) me and jason went okay like um i've watched it a few times i've I've had some good responses from it so uh, it yeah, seems okay. Jason's quite an energetic person and keeps people captivated. And yeah, so he was always a nice first person to have on because I've known him for like twenty is, years. His yeah. happiness is quite infectious, Jason, isn't it? Yeah. And I know, I know Tom's a massive fan of, of Jason's. Uh, Jason's a person, but it because he's very happy and smiling, energetic. You can't help but join in with yeah. him being happy and smiling, energetic. Total opposite of me. I'm a miserable bastard who <laughs> rarely, rarely smiles. But um, yeah, no. It, I totally see why Jason's doing as well as he is with his his, uh, his YouTube and stuff because it, it it's it's addictive. Um, watching him, I, I never understood why like kids like to watch people open toys. Uh, I've never understood that. Uh, Luna's watched it a few times, and I know friends have got kids who like to watch other children open these toys. However, I've found myself watching Jason open po- Pokemon packs. So I feel yeah. like I'm just doing the same as what they do. Um, and it's, it's, it's weird. <laughs> it's, the, it's the thrill of it all, because I said we <laughs> yeah. used to do it with FIFA, so I don't think you really played FIFA that much, but Ultimate Team, it just no. opened packs. There was, like I said before, our Call of Duty chat and everything, it was all FIFA. So there was me, Tom Higgins, Jason, Latrell. We just all bought FIFA points, open packs, open packs, open packs. Open packs. I spent last year about 800 pounds on fifa packs <laughs> but that's got nothing on jason and pokemon jason's <laughs> no no uh, a couple of grand on yeah, pokemon it seems like he's potentially going to if he wants to make a few quid from it so yeah uh, i mean I, I know for someone who collects old games consoles and, and old video games and things i know roughly that some of mine are worth a few quid however yeah. i'll never sell them because they're mine and I, yeah. I don't know what Jason's like if he's getting these really expensive Pokemon cards to sell or if he's going to keep them because they're his uh, I wouldn't know what to do if somebody said to me that that video games were £10,000 now I'd be like ooh I really want to keep it yeah. <laughs> however <laughs> um, but it, it always in the back of my mind is it's only going to go up in value um, so I've got N64, I've got a, a PS1, uh, I've got a Mega Drive, um, I've got all sorts of stuff. Yeah, I've got all my GameCube games behind some of these books over here as well. Yeah, so I love my GameCube. Some, there's some great games. Mario Kart Double Dash is, is epic. Um, and uh, least, trying to buy that second and from CX is 40 quid now, like Double Dash. Oh, yeah. It's quality. It's <laughs> yeah. I'm a massive Mario fan um, to, to the point where um, I actually have. Uh, I, I, I've actually got that. I'm, I'm obsessed with Yoshi as well. I've got a Yoshi. T- <laughs> yeah. Teddy's. He, he, stays, yeah. he stays in bed. This is so sad. I'm not sure I should be admitting this, but he stays in bed with me every night. He, he sleeps on the other side of the bed. And when Luna comes, she knows Yoshi's been sleeping there. So um, 
yeah, it's, it's dead sad. But she's got her own her own Yoshi that is at her house as well. So when it started lockdown, when we were having uh, video calls, where we had to reduce a bit of contact, uh, yeah. she'd always ask me how Yoshi was, and she'd go and get hers. And it's it's probably the one of my favourite things with Luna is that she she knows who Mario and Yoshi are and things like that, and she she plays my whole cart on my on my iPad um, as obviously princess because princess. Yeah, um, yeah, it's, it, it, massive massive Nintendo fan, uh, Nintendo nerd, if you will. Uh, perhaps not on the level that some are, but uh, yeah, I didn't know Double Dash was going for. As, as much as that. I, I, always, I always look at like I've, I've, got, I've still got Mario Party 4 and Super Smash Bros. And they're again the same, they're 30, 40 yeah. quid. And I was like, Double Dash is one of the main GameCube games. So I thought I'd have a look in it's like 40 quid. I was like, I'm not paying that much for a GameCube it's, game. It, it is epic though, Double Dash. Yeah. It's quality. But they'll, they'll eventually release on the Switch. Like, I've got a Switch. And like you're saying with Mario and Yoshi, Georgie's obsessed with Pokemon now. And it's just <laughs> weird how obviously this is something we were doing in the 90s. Yeah, yeah. And it's still going on now. I mean, Pokemon's been going 25 years on TV. I mean, yeah, I've nearly yeah. every episode on my computer. But I, I remember having Pokemon Blue on my Game Boy yeah. um, back at school. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, that's made me feel um, old. <laughs> um, I've just been recently playing Let's Go Pikachu on the, the Switch. And it's basically the exact same game as Red, Blue and Yellow. It's basically Yellow. So you start with Pikachu and you go collect all the rest of the Pokemon. And Georgia was playing it one day, and I was just like, okay. And then I started playing it on the Thursday. And by the Saturday, I've already completed, and I've got 149 out of 151 Pokemon. So I'm just like, addiction Stop, takes over. Yeah. There's room for improvement, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, obviously, going back to comedy, what's the future like then for now, like going in? Yeah, I don't really know. Um, there is a, a few other um, promoters who have booked gigs um, coming up. And for me personally, I want to see how they go. I want to see what they do before I commit to anything in terms of uh, booking a gig with Dirty Blondes. I, I'm going to pop in and see Kieran and, and Molly and, and Jake there and we'll discuss it and perhaps have a bit of a plan. Uh, they were looking for end of August. I think it's too soon. Um, and it's going to be difficult because... We had some something like 65 or so people in Dirty Blondes last time, and it was a five a ticket, which is great because you've got enough money to cover uh, the acts that you've booked, um, and then you've also got a bit of money to pay both myself and Kieran for, for running it and things. Um, you also did the special ticket where you got like a beer and a pizza as well, didn't you? Yeah, so uh, Jake at Dirty Blondes has been has been uh, mint. To be fair, he, he's he's all about. Um, getting people in the venue so the, a slice of pizza and a beer and a ticket was something like a tenner I think um, so you got a massive slice of pizza a pint and a ticket for the comedy show I mean a, I think a slice of pizza is three quid on its own a beer is three or four quid so there's six or seven yeah. quid and you get a comedy ticket as well so, so he, he was, he's been fantastic with, with, with that and um, so because yeah, of, of the whole Covid thing um, venues capacity has reduced um you know i think um dirty ones is down to now 40 people maximum so we need to really get our heads together and decide um what we're going to do in terms of ticket prices acts that we bought for the night we have it on um that sort of thing really because we it's gonna it's gonna be more than just putting it on and having a go we, we need to really probably plan out what we need uh, how many yeah. tickets we need to sell to break even to pay the acts that we book and uh, things like that we need if we have to up our prices, we have to up our prices. And 
people might not be happy paying seven quid for a ticket or seven pound fifty, whereas it was only a fiver before. Um, but at the same time, we can't run it at a loss. Um, we need to at least break even by paying yeah. the acts before even Kieran or I have been paid. So uh, it's just something we need to discuss. Um, it, we, we did it for months where we broke even and we, we were happy that we weren't we weren't getting paid for it, Kieran and I, but we were loving it that much and building a brand, if you will. Uh, yeah, it's like connections it. and the experience yeah. of doing it and different... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and... Um, and to have other comedians as well say we're, we're running a really great gig, uh, the audience is fantastic. It, you keep keep going. That 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 is worth more than than getting paid a, a, a small fee. Uh, is other comedians loving performing at your gig? So for for going forward, I, I don't know. Um, I'd probably say maybe end of September we'll have something on. Um, that's a bit of a plug here, but watch have a look at the Small and Shouty Comedy Club Facebook page for more info. Um, shoehorn that one in there and um, and whilst you're there have a look at uh, Matt Davenport Comedian's Facebook page again just a little shameless plug um, but yeah I, I, I wish I, I wish I knew I really wish I knew yeah. if we go back into another lockdown like Preston has would we be able to put on a gig if we were locked down probably not um, so it's, it's anyone's guess is mine I'd, I'd really don't know mate. I wish I could tell you but I would probably today say potentially end of September for, for our next show, first show after COVID. Probably have to come up with some catchy name for, for what it will be called. Yeah. Uh, well, well yeah. going off, obviously, COVID and puns and stuff like that, has lockdown made you have any new material based off <laughs> COVID? Or <laughs> Yeah, I've got it. I, I, put, I put everything in my phone. Any, any new jokes yeah. that I think of, uh, I put in my notes section on my phone. And um, probably can't see, but all that stuff there is mostly new stuff yeah um, majority of it not all of it not majority of it uh, to the point where I, I wrote a, a brand new joke on on sunday just gone um driving back from the shop pulled into uh part of my car and there was uh, a magpie there and i'm not i'm not going to tell the jokes i'm not finished writing it yet but yeah. just seeing that made me say something to myself and then i laughed then <laughs> so i was like oh i could probably use that um, so I sat in my car in the 5,000 degree heat and quickly typed into my phone what my, my idea was. Um, as, as with any joke, you, you'll tell it for the first time and nine times out of ten it's not going to work. So um, whenever I'm telling a new joke, I try and record it, even, even if I set my phone up on, on record at the side of the stage or whatever, and I'll try and listen to how I deliver it and how the audience receives it, and then I'll go back and rewrite it or tweak it or yeah. many a time bin the joke completely because um, I'll, I'll listen back and I'll just cringe and go, oh, well, that didn't work. Um, what, was, what I thought was hilarious, not one person even giggled at. So, uh, yeah, I've, I've got hopefully quite a lot of new material, potential new material that, like yeah. I said, might not work. Um, but it's funny to me at the minute, so, yeah. It's like I said, it's trial and error, trying out different jokes, seeing what works Definitely. and what doesn't work. But with, so when you're saying COVID, you just randomly see a magpie and that's, is that how most of your jokes come? It's based off real life. It, like some comedians yeah. just basically just say, I just have my imagination. I tell a joke, but none of it's real at all. They just oh, make, make it all up. Yeah. Like, yeah. That is hundred percent how, how I um, write jokes. It's something I could be walking down the street and something might make me laugh and I'll straight away stick it in my phone for, for a later date yeah. and I'll go back over. If, if I'm ever having a, a night where I'm feeling, extra creative i'll get my notepad out i'll go through my phone and i'll 
try and write these new jokes based on the ideas I've put in my phone. Um, sometimes I've completely forgotten what the idea was and the notes from my phone do not make sense. So I just have to delete it. I haven't got a fucking clue. Um, but there's been times when I've woken up at two, three in the morning off the back of a dream and something's made me laugh. So I've grabbed my phone and quickly put into my phone what it was. And I'm sure my partners at the time go, who are you texting? I'm like, it's a joke. I'm writing a joke. Yeah, of course you are. Why is the porn on your phone? Um, but uh, no, it's, it's research. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you've seen my jokes, a lot of them are about uh, uh, adult material. Um, but uh, yeah, th- things will just come to me randomly. And that's what I will try and do try and make something funny it's like i said the one on sunday was just i just saw a magpie and something made me laugh out of thought so i instantly thought well that was quite funny i'll stick it in my phone i'll try and make a joke out of it i have written a joke but as i said i need to i need to try yeah. and try it out on stage and see and make sure it doesn't bomb and if it does i'll probably never tell it again <laughs> but it's good that you've still been writing because obviously with lockdown it just sucks the cre- creativity out of everything like what have you been yeah. doing during lockdown because obviously you can't do comedy is it just been just hopefully, uh, so, like I said, just getting inspiration to write new stuff or... Yeah, yeah. There's obviously a lot of people have had a lot of time at uh, home yeah. during, uh, during lockdown. And it, it, it's, for me, it's been quite funny to see, uh, especially at the start of lockdown, how many people um, were out and about exercising who perhaps weren't exercising before. But because we've been told we're allowed an hour a day or whatever it was, yeah. everyone's thinking, right, well, I'm going to have to use that hour a day. Um, so there's a lot of stuff that I've got in my phone which is based around people doing things they perhaps weren't doing before yeah. and I'm pretty sure they're not doing now to be honest um, <laughs> don't don't see as many people walking the dog first thing in the morning as, as you yeah. used to um, back in back in the, the heavy days of April yeah. Um, but yeah so it, it's 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 just for me it's just been things I've seen it always is things I see um, I've probably got um, looking at the notes on my phone, probably another 15 minutes worth of material there that I need to write. Um, some of it I've written, um, I'll need to go back over. Um, probably, I used to record myself saying it, and this is really sad, record myself on my phone saying it, and then listen back to it in the car on the way to gigs and decide whether I was going to tell it or not. Um, and there's been many a time when I've forgotten half the joke when I'm halfway through. Um, very amateurish, but um, it happens. It's one of them things. Yeah, that's everybody has their own techniques, and I think best as well, like listen to yourself doing. It. I mean, I try and sing. I can't sing as well, but like I sing it and listen to myself, see how it goes, and yeah. I'm like, no, I'll delete the file. And it's like, no, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. nobody needs to hear that. <laughs> yeah. It's like make sure it's deleted from the recycle bin. This ain't getting restored whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I said, it's just been it's been crazy experience. But I don't know if you've done anything for me anyway. Experiencing lockdown it's brought me closer to my family. I don't know, like, because we do all these family quizzes and stuff like that, and it's obviously brought our family together. People I don't even see. My parents live in France. Uncles live in me and kids. We just come together and do a fam- like a family quiz or anything. Has it been the same for, like, you? Do you, do you feel like it's, um, it's been beneficial in a way? It's unfortunate what's happened, but it's kind of... There's been good sides to COVID and lockdown. Yeah, I think, I think a lot of people are doing the old yeah. family Zoom quiz um, set nights of the yeah. week. I see it all over um, Instagram and things, and I know people are doing it. We, us here, we, I think we've only done two Zoom quizzes. Um, I think it's two, maybe three, I can't remember. Um, but uh, none of us can really be asked because we all live really close to each other. Um, so 
you can um, see each other all the time, yeah. Yeah, to the point where my sister lives on the next street um, with her two kids and the husband who currently is stuck in Iraq. A little shout out to, to John there. Uh, he, he works in Iraq doing close protection. He went out before lockdown, supposed to be there for eight weeks, still there now. Um, so that's what we're talking four months, five months, something like that, maybe yeah. six months. Um, and I'm not sure if he's aware, but um, Gemma's spending all his wage while he's not there. <laughs> um, so apologies if this gets you in trouble, Gemma, but you know, I'm sure you'll find out soon enough. Uh, but yeah, no, we, we all live really close to each other. Um, so at, at first, it, it was a lot of uh, FaceTime calls and things like that, and family group chats. But um, it, it was it was difficult um, with not seeing or not having like um, my nieces round or, or anything like that. But his lockdown gradually eased. He could come in the garden, so we had some time sat in the garden. Luckily, the weather was really good um, for for a few weeks during lockdown. Where we could sit in the garden, um, yeah. you know, it's really really good at the minute as well. But um, yeah, not really a lot has changed for us. Uh, like I said, we all live really close to each other, so um, there's a few weeks where we couldn't see each other physically, but um, we're, we're almost to an extent back to normal now. Yeah. Um, so we're going to go on to the final bit. I don't know if you've, you've got that far in the Jason video. Uh, basically, <laughs> I, as you say, I'm a massive film buff and music buff and everything. So I'm trying to do with all of my guests, just a basic general, like, favourite kind of thing. So it's like a favourite round, shall we say. Just to, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll start off with, like, obviously I know Jason up for quite a while, so I tried to guess all of his. I don't know if I'll be able to guess all of yours. But we'll go, <laughs> like, <laughs> favourite film. Uh, I do have I have a top five. Um yes, go. Which, which rarely changes. However, it did change last year. Um a film did sneak in at fifth that I watched last year. Um so I'll go from five to, to one. Um and it was Joker that got in there at number five. Um yeah. saw that in when it came out, I went to the weirdly I went to the cinema the, in Leicester the night before I went to um the Raiders game. So yeah. um self and partner at the time we drove knew we were driving to London on the Sunday, but we managed to get a babysitter for Luna on the Saturday, so we just drove halfway to Leicester, went to the yeah. cinema, and watched Joker. I think it was the weekend it came out as well. Yeah, it, it was worth it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, not not a massive um, Marvel slash DC slash superhero type um, film fan. However, um, there's nothing superhero-ish about Joker anyway. Um, and the film, uh, without trying to ruin it, it's just about a guy... Um, with certain mental challenges uh, and how he evolves. And for me, the last 25 minutes of that film uh, is probably the best 25 minutes film I've ever seen. It's uh, one of my favourite scenes ever, the bit where he's walking oh, out of the station, you know, the slow yeah, That, that scene's so incredible. Good. So yeah. good. From then on, uh, when he's coming down the stairs with the, the, the dancing and the, the Gary Glitter song, uh, it, it, from then on, he's just tremendous. Uh, it, it's one of the best bits of any film I've ever seen. The most fascinating thing I think about Joker is, do you know who directed it? Yes. Todd Phillips, who directed The yes. Hangover. Yes. <laughs> to The Hangover, um, to Joker, is like, I think... Incredible. Yeah, yeah. It, it, not the same, but kind of the same. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> people, people battling with their own minds. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that sneaks in there at number five. Um, number four for me is Saving Private Ryan. Uh, I think it's, it's just an epic film. Uh, Tom Hanks is tremendous in whatever he does anyway. And I just think it, it's it's really well put together. Uh, a film that I'll I'll try and watch as often as I can. Uh, I still really haven't watched it yet, unfortunately. Yeah. I've got I've got yeah. Pacific and Band of Brothers. I've got them because it, it's kind of like in the same universe. Yeah. But yeah, I still never watched so. Saving Private Ryan, yes. so I get shouted at well, for that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it surprises me to be honest. I haven't watched yeah. it. 
um, knowing what you like with watching films and things, it does surprise me. Um, now, the, the next three, there is massively a theme with these next three. Um, they're all from the same genre, all from roughly this thing, time as well. Um, but number three is Donnie Brasco, um, gangster film. Uh, I think it's, it's phenomenal. Um, uh, it's just a gangster film. It, it's based on a true story. And Johnny Depp is superb in it, um, and Al Pacino as well. And number two uh, is Casino, again another another gangster film um, with um, a, a fantastic combination of Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci. Uh, and it's based, it's Casino, it's based in Vegas, um, and I won't say any more. It's just a gangster film. Yeah. And my favorite film of all time is Goodfellas. Um, I don't think I've Goodfellas is it. incredible. It's so so good. I, I'm a massive fan of gangster films. There's, there's films that get honourable mentions, I think, like Scarface, um, Carly Ell's Way. They're all great films, even more more so the modern ones, such as American Gangster with Denzel in it, um, things like that. They're all great, but nothing will ever beat Goodfellas for me. I think it's it's just something I'll watch every three months or so um, because I, I'll never, ever get bored of it. it is, for anyone who's not seen it, just watch it. It's it's for as long as I've always wanted, I've always wanted to be a gangster. Yeah, like that. That, that, that was my message tone <laughs> yeah. on an old Nokia phone, or Sony Ericsson phone I used to have years ago. For years, that was my, I got a text message, that went off. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, love Goodfellas, love it. Um, so would you say, is like De Niro probably your favourite actor or? Like, uh, no. Um, I'd probably put Denzel as my favourite actor. Um, <laughs> just because, uh, yeah, just probably over, probably Tom Hanks. Um, but I do do really like Denzel Washington. I think he's, he's phenomenal. You know, in things like Training Day, that's another great honourable mention. It's a great film. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I, I put Denzel first and mm. just. Just to clarify, I think you said right at the start, you're a fan of musicals. Uh, performing arts. Performing arts, so do you like musicals? I usually ask favourite musical, so it's like. <laughs> <laughs> probably the one performing art I'm not massively into. I am into theatre and I do quite like going to theatre and watching uh, at the live stage show. Favourite play it. then? Hope we go favourite play. <laughs> favourite uh, show. The, the best one I've. I saw um, The Boy in Stripe Pajamas at the Winter Gardens. Okay. Um, so I saw the film, which is a, another fantastic film. Um, and and oh, just when go back to films, Shawshank Redemption has its own little um, spot. It can't be my top five because it's just the greatest film ever made. Well, it's IMDb's um, number one film, isn't it? It's like one of these, like, yeah. it's like when you talk about TV shows, Friends is always the way up there. Yeah. But my favourite show is obviously like this, but Friends has its own category. Like, yeah, you can't I don't put think up. it would be fair of me to, to compare films to Shawshank. So uh, Shawshank Redemption gets its own little thing. And I have I saw the, the West End production of, of that one, that came to Blackpool, and that was great. But I think Boy in Striped Pajamas just, just edged that for me. It was, everyone knows what the film's about, and it just tugged a little bit harder at the heartstrings i was gonna say it must be fascinating to do on stage as well like to do some yeah, of the yeah. stuff that you did on it like obviously yeah the, yeah the, the cage and the, the chamber yeah yeah it was just exa- exactly that it was uh, <laughs> when, when we um when we walked in the the lady was showing me to the seat she's oh you've got your tissues and being a comedian i had to refrain from saying i'm not going to knock one out um, <laughs> <laughs> um i didn't i didn't it came to my mind straight away and uh, I just was like, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, no worries. And uh, no, it was, it was. I think, I'm sure it was the, the Grand Theatre we saw that, at, and um, which is a, a, a lovely, intimate theatre, the Grand. Um, yeah. 
read some stuff recently that it's it's struggling, which is understandable because it's not had a show for nearly six months. But uh, it'd be such a shame. I was, I was supposed to be on it in April. Obviously, with yes, I remember seeing on your on your Facebook. I'm supposed to be doing Shrek, so I love the grand. I performed there several times through high school yeah, and college, and I love fantastic theatre. Fantastic theatre. Yeah. Um, so we'll move on to music. I think you were doing. Was it yourself or Gary was doing your whole R and B playlist kind of thing, like recommended nineties <laughs> yeah. playlists? Or yeah, I did. Um, I did do like a. Uh, I still got it on Spotify and Amazon yeah. Music. I did do a sort of nineties slash indie slash um, general bands sort of playlist. Yeah. Um, if I was. To, if I was to, you know, not many people can ever guess my favourite song of all time because it's not really a genre I listen to a lot. Um, but my favourite song of all time will be Marvin Gaye, "Heard It Through the Grapevine." Uh, I just think it's it's a phenomenal song. Yeah, it's a great. Song. Yeah, bit of a fan of Marvin Gaye. Um, however, my my roots are firmly embedded into to rap and hip hop, um, which is so far from well, not <laughs> far from Motown, but um, it, it quite a bit different from Motown. So. Yeah, Marvin Gaye, Hurt Through the Grapevine, favourite song ever. Um, if I was to pick a, a favourite album of all time, ooh, ooh, God, um, ooh, I don't know, there's, there's a lot. Uh, and I always, you know, I always criticise people when they can't pick a favourite of something. Um, I always always think it's weak, so just have some balls and pick a favourite. Yeah. Favourite album, ooh, I'd probably go uh, the Slim Shady LP by Eminem. Yeah. It, it was almost groundbreaking when he, he burst onto the scene with that. Yeah, it's like you said with uh, Marvin Gaye, like to Eminem. It's like my Spotify will go, you'll go through it all. I'll have something like heavy metal, like over here, and it'll go down to some country down here, then go yeah. up to like Kelly Clarkson. It's like, <laughs> just completely. Yeah, yeah. That's, completely I'm, I'm, I'm not ashamed to admit, there's a few One Direction songs that I don't mind bopping away to. Um, yeah. If, if, if a song is good, I can't, I'm not one of these people who I don't like that genre of music, so I won't listen to it. Um, yeah. There's not many genres of music I won't listen to if I like a song. Um, massive Paul Simon fan as well, a huge Paul Simon fan. He's, he's, he's fantastic. And again, it doesn't really fit with, with me being uh, a, a lad's lad who likes rap and hip-hop, covered in tattoos. Yeah, yeah I, really like, I really like Paul Simon. So what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then your favourite TV show? Like Is it any, you could just anything? sit and just watch. Like, if it's on TV, you had the choice and it was on. Ooh. Ooh. Um, in terms of a TV series, um, I'm a bit strange that I struggle to finish a lot of the TV shows that you, you, yeah. the popular ones. Um, however, there has been two that I have got to the end of, uh, so that means I must have enjoyed them. Uh, and they are Breaking Bad and Sons of Anarchy. Uh, a lot of other things that I've watched, I've just lost interest in. Um, I'll probably finish Power, so I'm not far from the end of that as well. Um, but I would probably pick Breaking Bad over um, Sons of Anarchy just um, for one reason, and that's if have you seen Sons of Anarchy? Uh, no, I, I know what it's It's Charlie Hunnaman, and they've recently yeah. done Mayans as well, haven't they? Which is like, a yeah, yeah, it's, of it. it's, yeah, it's a motorcycle criminal yeah. gang, basically. Um, and there's it, it one of the seasons, I think there's seven in total, one of them, probably series three or season three, whatever, uh, is based in Ireland, and it's just shit, uh, it's crap. And for me, that ruins. If that series hadn't have happened, I would have that season. Sorry, I would have preferred Sons of Anarchy over Breaking Bad. But yeah. that one in Ireland, whatever season it is, is so bad it ruins. It doesn't ruin it because the rest of it's, it's phenomenal. But yeah. there's there isn't a part of Breaking Bad where I thought, well, that was shit. Um, no. So 
Breaking Bad for me is is the best TV show I've watched. And that you mean like my favorite like TV shows Dexter. Like I absolutely love Dexter to pieces, but everybody complains the finale was awful. So it kind of like puts it down a bit because it's like, uh, yeah, but um, yeah. I stand by Dexter. I love, I love people. It. People say say the, the ending of Breaking Bad was poor, but I didn't think it was. I thought it was, you know, it was quite good. Um, I prefer the good. alternate ending. If you ever saw that, I don't think I have. He basically wakes up and uh, it's uh, this is a real thing. I'm not making this up. This is on the DVD. Um, basically, obviously, what happens at the end, um, without spoiling it for anybody who hasn't watched it, and then all of a sudden he wakes up and he's in bed, and he's how for Malcolm in the middle and his wife from the TV <laughs> shows next to him, and it's just basically, <laughs> "Hal, are you okay?" And he's like, "Yeah, I just had a weird dream that I was this um, guy selling drugs and and all of this <laughs> happened, really? and it's like the best thing ever." Like, because so many people were like, "Oh, what if it's just a prequel and just trolling it?" They actually filmed it. And it's incredible. Check right. out on YouTube. It's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. I will. I will. I will. Yeah. No, breaking. What, what do I, if I'm watching stuff in bed to fall asleep, I'll watch a lot of comedy programs in the like uh, Mot the Week, things like that. Yeah. Um, and I've recently got back into Whose Line Is It Anyway, as I've found that is on all four, which is so good. You talk um, about the classic ones with Drew Carey or the newest year series. <laughs> Because uh, the, they've, the, they've rebooted it in the US now with Aisha Tyler and Cheese Holster. Yeah, no, the the before Drew Carey, it, more Clive Anderson stuff. Um, I'm talking I'm way back in, Yeah, way back oh, in the nineties. Yeah, yeah. It's still Ryan Styles and Colin Mockery, as you'd expect. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, there's a lot of um, the British comedians who aren't very good on it. But uh, Ryan Styles and Colin Mockery still steal the show, um, even twenty odd years ago. It's on. It's on all four on on demand on Channel Four. It's well worth getting. The first few seasons are, are a bit crap, uh, but when you get to about season three or four, when uh, Ryan and it's Colin finding its feet it, and doing it properly, yeah, it, it's so good. I've, that's what I've been watching a lot of lately because it's just good to watch in bed when you when you trying to sleep or whatever, and, and then you end up staying awake watching about fifteen episodes. And <laughs> morning, but, I love the US yeah. one. I love Wayne Brady because obviously musical comics. I love musical yeah. comics as well. So. He's, yeah. unbelievably quick-witted um yeah. uh, uh, thinking on his feet with, with singing as well um yeah, yeah class and for yeah, fan of like disney as well i don't know if luna watches it. she ever watched like sophia the first or anything like that yeah. because yeah. he's actually the bunny in sophia I the first wayne brady I yeah you know the talking know bunny that's wayne brady yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> i was like i know also, that voice how do i know that voice <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I've, ne- I've never noticed that now makes me want to watch an episode um yeah but yeah also a fan of Disney. Uh, again, not something people would probably associate with me, but I love Disney. Uh, massive, massive fan. Your favourite Disney movie? The final including question. Pix- including Pixar? No, Disney classic. Or 55, 56 of them. You could do a Pixar one as well if you want. Is that going to be Toy Story? Uh, ooh, yeah. uh, Lion King. Lion probably. King. Yeah. Uh, and then if we're including Pixar... Monsters Inc. Yeah. Just over Toy Story. Just. Just. Yeah. Uh, I think surprisingly, like you would never guess mine. Like it's t- I love Tangled. I love Mandy Moore. So <laughs> Mandy Moore and Zachary <laughs> Levi. It's amazing. That's yeah, all I, I need. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> I actually got a Rapunzel Christmas decoration last year. We all bought our own Disney decoration. It's that, and then Aladdin's a close second. Like Robin Williams yeah. is like incredible. Aladdin would have been Aladdin would have been my second as well. To be fair, uh, but um. 
yeah, I think that's basically everything. Is there anything else you want to say about where to follow you or about <laughs> Shouty? Or... Well, well, you know, uh, I, I do have a Twitter, as, uh, as everybody seems to, or most people have these speak, days. I completely forgot to ask about Twitter. Um, you had this Blackpool Bars World Cup oh, thing. Oh, yeah, I did, yeah. Yeah. I need to talk about this. <laughs> it was so long ago as well. Yeah. Um, uh, the World Cup of Pubs I had. Yeah. Um, Something I just I was sat on my bed early on in lockdown, uh, bored, and I thought, what can I do? So I was like, I'll just create a World Cup of Blackpool pubs, and I and I had to have a number that was divisible by its in half each time. Yeah. So I, I got sixty four. I probably could have done more. I don't think I'd have got to one hundred and thirty two or whatever, one hundred twenty eight. Sorry, um, but uh, I did sixty four Blackpool pubs, and in the first round. I put them against their local rivals, if that's the, the right <laughs> place, the, the pub closest to it. And it's just something I did for a laugh. And it, it took off um, to the point where um, certain regulars of certain pubs <laughs> were obviously buying votes. Um, and uh, I was getting people messaging me. I, I set up a Twitter called um, Blackpool Pub World Cup or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and and it, it just went off and at first I was like oh, this is, I had friends of mine messaging me um, saying oh, I've just been telling people that I know the guy who's running the World Cup of pubs and all <laughs> that. joking at only me um, but um, I, had, I had people who ran pubs messaging me telling me other pubs were cheating I had uh, people giving me shit telling me I need to disqualify pubs and all this and I was like what is going on um, I was messaging uh, our mate Gaz um, quite a lot during it saying what do I do here mate because uh, that's why it's some fun I just wanted to just do this yeah I didn't, I didn't think people would take it so seriously um, to the point where they're paying for votes you got a trophy yeah. at the end is it? yeah like and, I mean I think the Highfield Social won it in the end um, they've got a plaque yeah. outside of your bin they've got a plaque this is where it's going to look a bit dodgy but I've been a member there for uh, nearly 18 years um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm not I'm not far off life membership of the Highfield Social and I do go fairly fairly regularly as well um, but it, it, I, in fact I'll mention the pub that was cheating it was the Clarence pub were cheating uh, because they they were losing votes substantially during the, the 24 hour period and then all of a sudden they were 500 600 votes in front in like 20 minute span so I'm like what what is happening here so uh, I spoke to uh, guys and a couple of mates and I said like, should I just disqualify Clarence and we didn't disqualify them I um redid the vote of the pubs they'd beaten in the later rounds and unlocked the account so only people who were following the account could vote that way it was probably fair that you can't buy votes it's only the i think they had about eight or nine hundred followers only those people that can vote and the clarence uh, did not win the uh, the, the the final re, the rematch i'm going to call it so it was super obvious they were they were buying votes but the, a lot of the a lot of the, the the lads from the clarence were giving me a bit of shit and tweeting about me, messaging me and stuff. And I was like, lads, it's, it's a fucking bit of fun. Turn it in. <laughs> what was it like? It's like, come in, we'll give you a free pint if you vote for us on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, were trying to, they were just sending messages like, how can you disqualify the Clarence when clearly the number three has been cheating as well? I'm like, what are you on about? I've not disqualified anybody. Um, <laughs> I just literally people I've never, ever spoke to in my life and probably never will do. People who weren't even following me on Twitter were messaging me, giving me shit. I'm like, just go away. Um, so I'd, I'd, I'd set up a World Cup of Blackpool takeaways, um, okay. and I was like, and that was ready to go as soon as the pub one was finished. And I just thought I've had enough of people giving me shit about the pubs that the takeaway one is not happening. 
and it's still on my iPad somewhere. The the fixtures that I drew, I did it so weird. I did it all into little mini groups of four, where it was kebab shops, pizza places, um, chippies, and all that sort of stuff. And then the top two from each one went through and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, so it, it would have been pretty good, but I couldn't be arsed with the grief I was getting. Well, I was going to say, when you'd be revisiting like four years at like the Real World Cup, you'd be like, who's going to be the World <laughs> Cup? Yeah. Uh, or it was that takeaway, it's going to be like the Euros two years after. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, could, that could be what yeah. I do. Um, but yeah, you know, just it was, what started out as a bit of fun, and I got well into it, and I did a little live draw or something on, the, on uh, Twitter or whatever I did. And I did live, filmed it. But uh, it just became hard work dealing with dickheads. Uh, I, was like, yeah. I can't be asked. Um, <laughs> I, I was going to say, I haven't got the time. I did have the time, so I wasn't doing a lot at, at the time, but uh, I just couldn't be yeah. asked. That, that was ultimately it. Yeah, that's perfect. So, yeah, I, I was going to say before Twitter, like, where can I um, <laughs> follow you? Yeah, up? so uh, at Matt Davenport is my Twitter, my comedy page on Facebook, which is pretty quiet because I'm not using my own personal profile at the moment. Uh, well, that's, I think it's Matt Davenport Comedian. Uh, but then the, the main one to look at is Small and Shouty Comedy Club on Facebook. That, that's where all of our stuff will be posted. Uh, any future gigs will be on there. And also have a look at Dirty Blondes. Give, give their page a like because that can be quite entertaining at times, to be fair, as well. Yeah, yeah that's, that's pretty much where you can find me. I, I do have Snapchat. not very good with it. Um, uh, I don't even know my name. Uh, <laughs> I, I forget I've got it at times. Um, but uh, And I do have Instagram again. MattDav84, I think, is my username. I try, I try and go through spells of using these social media. Then I realise I'm, I'm 35 years old, and, and by the time this video goes, I'm actually 36. It's my birthday on Sunday, but um, I'm, I feel like I, I'm just too old for the social media generation, uh, the selfie generation. And perhaps if I was 10 years younger, I'd be more into Instagram, Snapchat, or whatever it is cool these days. But yeah. I'm, uh, TikTok yeah. as well. I haven't really got a clue. I don't understand it. I'm, I say I'm, I'm coming up to thirty next year, and it's just, yeah. I say yeah. I just try and it takes over your life. You wake up in the morning you're on Facebook, Instagram. You've wasted half an hour. You've morning just checking all your status, yeah. checking what that, everyone's up to. That's yeah. why I deleted uh, the Facebook app, and, and uh, because I found that I was going to bed at whatever time, and I was spending half an hour just scrolling through people's shit um, that I wasn't really interested yeah. in, and it was at the time when. Um, the Black Lives Matter issue was coming around. Um, and I wasn't happy seeing comments from people who are friends of mine and I did not agree with. Um, it's probably the best way to put it. Um, uh, it's not It's not particularly aimed at anyone specifically, but there seemed to be a lot of people I would have considered a friend who were sometimes being really obviously racist um, and... Yeah. And it's not something I really wanted to see. Um, and I didn't want to get involved in massive arguments with people. And so I just deleted the app uh, early June and I haven't, I haven't been on it since. Uh, my account's still active, but I, I've not been on it. I don't, I don't miss it. Uh, Twitter, I, I delete as well, but I, I, found, I found myself drawn back to Twitter because that's funny. Um, yeah. But yeah, Facebook is just... Quick cold top. turkey and it worked. Say that again? You quick cold turkey and it worked. Yeah, yeah, that, that, literally, yeah. Um, uh, tw Twitter is funny and not. I don't feel like it's as serious as Facebook. And Facebook was just really toxic um, from from people who, uh, especially are, when are Brexit getting... and then Black Lives Matter and then everything just happened all at once. Yeah, it did. Yeah, and, and obviously COVID nineteen and things. And I just was like, I just need to get off Facebook and stop getting. I was getting angry with people that that I'm a, that are friends of mine. That I thought yeah. this is going to end in an argument that I don't want to be involved in. So. I, I deleted it and that's it.
Yeah, perfect. Well, that's everything that we've got time for now. Hopefully we can do this again. Like I said, there's yeah, when everything's all back to normal and you've got back we'll, gigs we'll do, again and yeah we'll, yeah, we'll do a real one um yeah. in the same room. <laughs> yeah, oh my god. I can imagine. It's like Jesus. I can't I can remember like the last time I've been in a room with somebody else. Like uh, Jason's yeah. come out to watch the football, but like when it first happened he was sat outside. It was like you're yeah. sitting outside, you're not coming in our house. <laughs> Move the TV it'll, so you can see it. It'll be groundbreaking having more than two people in a room. Yeah, and it's going to be a lot easier to record and stuff as well because I think with yeah. Zoom as well, if you get more than three people, you have the forty-minute time limit, which is slightly annoying. Yeah. Whereas you've got two yeah. people, you've got unlimited to talk as much as you like, and that's good. And uh, I find it a really good format to have the video and the audio as well because some people don't have yeah. time to to listen, or some people like to watch on YouTube, and they can find yeah. it all different ways as well. So I don't know if you're thinking about doing that for the NFL one, or if it's just going to be audio or. I, 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 Tom and I haven't got a clue what we're doing. Yeah. To us. Uh, I think we're going to just have a go at something, see what happens, and and, and try and make something work. But um, it'll just be, it'll be just talking about NFL, uh, which is what we're, we're both fans of, and yourself and, and a few others. So it'll be more. Um, there'll be a lot of Tom Brady comments in there, um, as as you know, I, I'm not a fan <laughs> of his. Um, there'll be a lot of Patriots. Uh, comments in theirs. I'm not a fan of theirs either. Um, and uh, it, in fact, it'll just be me and Tom talking about teams we hate. Really, <laughs> I think that that's what'll happen. Uh, I can't fucking stand the Chiefs. They won again. Um, but uh, yeah, it'll just be talking. It's gonna only really work during the NFL season, I imagine, uh, where we can talk about games and, and results. It's like when we talked about. It's like I can't see doing one now four weeks before. Yeah. It's kind of like, what do you expect for the season? But yeah, then it's like, what yeah. else are you going to do? I don't know how they do it professionally. Like They're always like, no, no. doing it every day. <laughs> it's a they, and they do. They have Good Morning Football, which is on yeah. every single day. And I, I honestly, I, I still watch it, but I, I don't know what they talk about. <laughs> but I still watch it. Um, yeah, I, I would have to see what happens during the season, I guess. And then um, potentially if the XFL takes off again. Um, they could Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, yeah, which is quite exciting, really. Um, and then by if, if that takes the same format, we're getting towards draft time, so that could be a thing. Yeah. Um, and then and then it's almost into pre-season camps, so there's potential to go all year round. Yeah, yeah, but that'd be ideal. Um, yeah. But it's such a short season, the NFL, it, it disappoints me. Yeah, so the final thing, just to leave us with, who's going to win the Super Bowl? Tom Brady, 12. Uh, no, Tampa Bay um, <laughs> um, <laughs> I really want to say the Raiders, of course I do. Uh, realistically, I don't think they're going to win it this year. I do think the Raiders will win it in the next sort of seven or eight years. They, they built a really young squad. They, they obviously had massive draft picks this year and last year, and they've got a brand new ball singing or dancing stadium in Vegas. Um, so I do think they're trying to win a championship fairly soon. But I just think with a lot of rookies and, and, and second-year players this year, it's perhaps too early for us. Um, so take, taking my blinkers off, um, I, I can't, it hurts me to say this, but I can't see past the Chiefs. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is, is so good. Um, yeah. And they've got a great, great team uh, and a very, really good head coach. And it does hurt me to say that. But uh, And I hope I'm wrong. I really hope I'm wrong. But I, I can't see much past the Chiefs. That's perfect. Thank you very much for joining us. Oh, no, I've enjoyed it, mate.